Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, everybody? It's me, Jason McIntyre, here straight fire. Friday, October 23rd, the end of the work week is here, and the weekend is upon us. Folks, we've got three best bets at the end of the podcast. You'll have to wait for all the fun before that. we got a great interview coming up with Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. Really sharp mind, intelligent individual. I learned during the podcast he went to Brown University and was an econ major. Fun fact, my wife is an econ major. I'm very proud of her. She's smarter than me. You always got to marry up. Let's get to Thursday Night Football, shall we? And what a train wreck of a game that was. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. I could go deep on this, but it just made me too angry. So I'm going to kind of rein it in a little bit. Uh, Big picture, the Giants are leading the Eagles 21-10 to with 4.45 left in the game. They're leading by 11 with a little over four minutes left in the game. And they lose 22-21. That was the game that the New York Jets, yes, the New York Jets needed the Giants to get that. So the Giants would have two wins on the Jets and the Jets could breathe easy in the chase for Trevor Lawrence. Of course, the Giants gag it away. You look at the Giants' schedule. It's brutal. They're not winning five games. They're going to be in the mix for the number one pick. And... 
I don't listen. I don't really know if you can blame anyone other than Danny Dimes and Evan Ingram. I mean, Danny Dimes is he is who we thought he was. He's a turnover machine, and you know, Rob G's got an interesting take on Danny Dimes that he'll get to shortly. But this is a guy who, once again, interception. Okay, loses a fumble at the end of the game. That's what he does. I mean, he had one of the funniest moments of the year. He breaks off an 80-yard run. He's streaking to the end zone, 10 yards ahead of any defender. And he trips at about the 28-yard line and falls inside the 10-yard line. It's like a stumbling, bumbling comedy of errors. I thought it was funnier than the butt fumble. Now, I'm a Jets fan, so a lot of people are going to disagree. But I, I, I was just, I could not stop laughing. I mean, he's in the open field. My kids are watching, and they felt bad. Oh, Dad. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> we tripped on a blade of grass, guys. It happens. I mean, Danny Dines. But uh, listen, I, the guy I really want to go after is Evan Ingram. Okay, so they draft this kid out of Old Miss. And he was, an, I mean, awesome prospect. Looks the part. 6'3", 240. This guy's rocked up. They, no, no tight end in the history of football has carried the football more times than Evan Ingram. I mean, they love a good end around to Evan Ingram. And he's got a pass. They're up by five, 21-16, third and six. Evan Ingram shakes the living daylights out of Will Parks, the Eagles DB at the line of scrimmage. Beats his guy on a great release. Sticks his hands out. Danny Dimes puts it on his hands and he drops the ball. Evan Ingram, right off his stone hands. It's like, dude. I mean, I didn't even see much of an effort. It, I don't want to say he alligator-armed it, because if you look at the replay, his arms are like out. He doesn't totally bring them back, but it's a drop. And, you know, you could see at that moment, oh boy, this is going to get dicey. They punt it, and on the punt, Deshaun Jackson, who is straight up stealing money from the Eagles, he signed a three-year deal worth somewhere in the neighborhood of... 28, uh, 27.9 mil. So basically, three years, 28 million, okay? He is now made, because it looks like a season's over. On that punt return, he gets bent back. I couldn't tell if it was an ankle or a knee, but he got messed up. He's hurt. It was a dirty hit, too. And they got 15 yards. We'll get to that in a sec. But I looked this up, folks. Deshaun Jackson, who played a game and a half to start the season, then got hurt. This is his first game back. In two seasons since signing that contract, he has played a handful of games. He has 19 catches, and he has made $17 million. Just wrap your mind around that. De uh, Deshaun Jackson, by the way, turns 34 in December. The Eagles have an out after this year, and there is zero chance he's coming back. I can tell you that right now. Anyways, so Jackson gets hurt on the late hit, 15 yards, and away we go. And this is where I probably should bring up Carson Wentz. Who, listen, I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback, but he once again delivers late. In the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz came back against the Ravens and nearly stole the game. In the fourth quarter against the Giants, he needed some help from Evan Ingram. Carson Wentz delivered. He needed that drive. He made the plays, um, you know, game-winning touchdown pass to Boston Scott. And I know, he's playing with backups. You look on that final drive, he hits somebody named Rodgers, Ricardo Rodgers, filling in for uh, uh, Ertz, uh, the tight end. He had a bomb to John Hightower, who all he does is drop passes. He's terrible. Uh, Greg Ward, the converted quarterback, who was a quarterback at Houston in college. And my guy, Travis Fulham, Fulham, I, I think I got to say his name right. I got a text from 
or I got a DM from, I think, one of his family members. Like, yo, Jay, it's full ham. Travis, full ham. 11 targets, only five catches. He's their best receiver. And Carson Wentz moves the ball down. They score. They don't get the two-pointer. Danny Dimes fumbles. That's a wrap. The one thing I have to say, my big takeaway from this game, besides losing the bet on the Eagles, they they should have covered this game, folks. I'm sorry. The Philadelphia Eagles had more first downs than the Giants, 27 to 17. They had more total yards. They had more yards per play. And this is what gets me. They win the turnover margin. Eagles had uh, one turnover. Giants had three. In the red zone, the Eagles, the record says three and eight, but the last one doesn't count. It was after Danny Dimes fumbled, the Eagles took a knee. Take that one out. They were three for seven in the red zone. They went in there twice and got no points. They had a missed chip shot field goal. And the one play that really got me, okay? Fourth and goal from, I think it was like the two. Doug Peterson, who is lost without Frank Reich. I think we can all admit that. Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator. He left after the Super Bowl to coach the Colts. Okay? Frank Reich is dialing it up with Rivers. Doug Peterson looks absolutely lost. He calls, are you ready for this? A jump ball to Hakeem Butler. Who? Hakeem Butler, who was a star at Iowa State two years ago, gets drafted by Arizona, hurt in the preseason, doesn't play. They cut him. The Eagles sign him. Folks, Doug Peterson threw a jump ball on fourth and goal to a guy who has never been targeted in his NFL career. Zero career NFL catches in a tight divisional game at the goal line. You're losing to the Giants. You need points. And you throw a jump ball to a guy who's never been targeted in his career? At that point, I'm off Doug Peterson. I, I cannot respect the guy. I Their comeback was thanks to Carson Wentz. I'm done with Doug Peterson. That play call alone has me finished with him. I know he won a Super Bowl. That's great. He uh, And he said, what is he, an Andy Reid guy? Everybody loves Doug Peterson. I'm done with him. All right, Rob G., hit me with your fun fact about Carson Wentz, because we disagree here. Look, Carson Wentz is still an upper echelon quarterback. I don't know if he's elite, but he's definitely in okay, the upper echelon. Okay, define upper echelon. Is that top 15 out of 32? Yes, he's in the top 15. He's in the top 15. And at one point... Carson Wentz was 16, or excuse me, 15 of 31 passing. So he was terrible. I mean, let's be honest terrible. with you. The last two drives, he's five of seven for a buck 21 and two teams. He's clutch. Yes. And, and the one thing I'll say about Carson Wentz is it's ever since he got hurt, and then it wasn't, the thing about this is that it's not just him that's been hurt. You know, he had the, the injuries every season, mm-hmm. he had the torn knee, everything like that. The Eagles, since their Super Bowl run, and even including that season, have been one of the worst luck injury teams in in all of football. And I think Carson Wentz's problem is that he's putting too much pressure on himself. He's trying to win the game with every throw. He's holding the ball too long because he's always looking for the big play. And I think that the problem is that Doug Peterson, who you just trashed, is not doing a good job of scheming him out of that, of saying, you know what, rather than designing these seven set drops and always being in the shotgun. Maybe we'll get you a five-yard out. Maybe we'll get you a three-yard pass over the middle and get some yak yardage. And I think Carson Wentz, because he knows his team is so beat up, he knows that he's going to have to put everything on his shoulders to win. He, he, he tries to play Superman ball a little too much. 
And there's times like in the middle two quarters of the game where it looks terrible. But the other times and those little glimmers that you've seen now the last three games, especially late, where it just clicks and you watch him, you're like, yeah, there's not too many guys who can do what he can do. That that fifty uh, nine yard throw that he threw to a guy I never even heard of, <laughs> yeah, high tower yeah. down the right sideline, dropped it right in the bucket. That the touchdown pass to my guy Boston Scott holding it down for all the short dudes represent. <laughs> Shout out to Boston Scott to to win the game. E- even Troy Aikman said in the broadcast, you can't even see the receiver where he's throwing it because uh, 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 Peppers was all over him, so you couldn't even see the short Boston Scotts going down to to, to the pylon. And he dropped it where only his guy could get it. Carson Wentz, if you're willing to jump off the Wentz wagon, go ahead. But I'm still riding this bad boy. Once they get healthy, I think that they're going to be a real problem. All right. I will give you some of that, okay? When you look at the offensive line, it's decimated. He's got his center, Kelsey. Lane Johnson, by the way, got hurt again early in the game. Might have been first or second drive. Left. Uh, I don't know if he came back. And, you know, he's down his best guard, Brooks. Uh, Dillard got hurt. There, It's it's brutal up front, and, and I get that. But the stats, Football Outsiders guy Aaron Schatz on uh, later in the podcast, if you look at the numbers heading into this week, according to the DVOA metric, Carson Wentz ranked 32nd among all quarterbacks in the league. If you go to QBR, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz ranked 27th. Now, that's shockingly ahead of Joe Burrow and Cam Newton. Um, We're not going to talk about where Sam Darnold ranks because he's down there. Um, But (laughs) between taking the sacks, the interceptions, I I don't know. It's tough to measure him, man. It's really tough for me to respect the guy when you watch how poorly he's playing. But as you said, the injuries are a big factor. I don't know. What do we have to just— reserve judgment on Carson Wentz, like not judge him on this season because he has no offensive line and no weapons? I would hope so. I mean, the, the, the guy's doing the equivalent of uh, LeBron James going against the Warriors that first season with Matthew Della Vadova as his second best player. I mean, their best offensive weapon is a guy you've been saying his name wrong for a month and a half. <laughs> their second best offensive weapon is my height. And I'm 5'7 with shoes on. Oh. So, I mean... You got to give him some kind of leeway. He he really is a one man band. For everything we said about Dak Prescott and their offensive line issues, they got weapons galore, yeah. and I think that they still got they got a, a, a decent enough offensive line. You know the the San Francisco 49ers, Everyone's talking about how injured they are. They still have a lot of their weapons too. They still have their left tackle. I mean, Carson Wentz is doing this with duct tape and rubber bands, and he's been in every game towards the end, the last three. And I believe right now they're first place in that division. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. I mean, they're they're the tallest midget in the NFC least. But according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Carson went 28th out of 36 graded quarterbacks, a notch above Jimmy G, my guy Darnold. Oh my gosh, Baker Mayfield at 31. Yikes! Uh, uh, your boy Derek Carr. Um, whoa, Derek Carr, he's not playing that poorly. Twenty uh, second ahead of Trubisky and not Bridgewater. That poorly. Come on, you're a Raiders he's guy. You're a Raiders guy. He's, he's good, man. Yeah, we'll we'll he's see about that against the Tampa for. Bay Bucks this weekend. All right, so uh, oh, with without his offensive line too. Yeah, yeah let me thanks. ask Rob G. Um, did you switch over from the game to the debate at all? Um, I had them both on. I was at had a good setup where I had two TVs going. Okay. Um, I was mostly watching the football game, but I will say, just rolling through my Twitter, I I was pleasantly surprised to hear that this one, I guess, was better than the last yeah. one. 
you know, that it was more civil. I mean, the bar was so low, yes. so anything could have been better than that. So I guess that gives me some hope for the future of the country that yeah. we can at least have a, an actual debate. Uh, even though I lost money on the Eagles, you'll like this, Rob G. One of my cousins um, bet me, I don't know, like six weeks ago, I bet you Biden doesn't even show up for one of the debates or he's going to get COVID or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll take that bet. So I just, I, I mean, it's 50 bucks, whatever. But um, I won that bet. So I didn't come out Thursday night only with a loss of the Eagles. And that one did hurt. So we'll save the best bet for the end of the podcast. But coming up right now, an interview with Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
you think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who has, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit, but I feel like he's helped my gambling in the last three years because of the Football Outsiders brand and the numbers. Aaron Schatz. Aaron, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. I just need to help my own gambling more. <laughs> Listen, I got it. Football Outsiders. I mean, I'm incorporating so many more things to uh, the NFL gambling. Football Outsiders. I do some pro football focus. Uh, I got a buddy who built a model. Um, the model loves the Detroit Lions this weekend for whatever that's worth. Um, it, it's just fun, man. I'm having fun. How about yourself? Are you? How are you holding up during the quarantine? I'm holding up pretty well. I'm having as much fun. Listen, the way I've answered that question all summer long is I'm doing about as well as anybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect life right now, but it isn't for anybody. Yeah. So I have no complaints compared to your average person. And I'm happy that the football season is happening, obviously. Yeah. There is weirdness and games getting moved around and questions about whether we're going to do this in 17 weeks or going to have to add a week to the end of the season or whatever. But what's important is we're having a football season, which means we're having football. A hundred percent. Let me, let's back up and give the listeners uh, a chance to understand how, how football outsiders came about. I'm assuming you went to college, something involving numbers was your major. Uh, I guess take us through that and then how you started the business. Well, I was an economics major oh. uh, at Brown University, but I actually went into the radio business. That's the first thing that I did after college was I was a radio disc jockey and music director. Wow. And then I bummed around a few different jobs, and then I was working in the internet industry when I started Football Outsiders as a side project. So uh, I'm not really a trained statistician per se, just whatever statistics I learned as part of my economics degree it was more about just thinking about things differently and trying to think about football differently than most of the commentators were at the time, mm. uh, asking questions like Bill James, right? Like I, you know, Bill James is one of my idols and he basically just had questions about baseball that nobody was really answering. So he just went to the box scores and added it all up to find out what was true. And oh. I basically did the same thing with football. When I started in 2002, there was no database of play-by-play. -play. I had to create one from scratch and use that to answer questions about whether establishing the run meant anything or passing as being efficient as opposed to running and all of the things that analytics has studied over the last 17 years. Like I had to kind of create the database from scratch that allowed us to, to learn those things. That's pretty awesome. Before we get uh, even further, I'm curious, uh, how do you end up at Brown University? Very good school. My wife, by the way, was an econ major. I'm sure she's you know impressed that I'm, I'm bragging about her. But um, how do you end up at Brown? Uh, I grew up in Sharon, Massachusetts, which is next to Foxborough and about a half an hour away from Brown. So 
I actually grew up listening to the Brown radio station, which was a commercial radio station that broadcasts throughout Rhode Island and Southern Massachusetts. And so I wanted to go to Brown to work at that radio station. <laughs> wow. And he ends up being a, a huge factor in football numbers and gambling. So I, I, I will, before we get to the games for week seven, let me ask, the more I watch telecast this year, and I don't have numbers to back it up, maybe you do. I feel like the coaches have gotten the memo, Aaron, on being aggressive and going for it on fourth down and passing on earlier downs. It almost seems like we're not quite at the NBA where everybody's shooting threes all the time. It's either layups or threes. But in the NFL, I feel like it's a lot more passing on early downs and a lot more fourth down aggressiveness. Are you seeing the same or do numbers back that up? I agree with you. Also, more play action Mm. and more use of motion before the snap which are other things that analytics suggests that you do. There's no question that Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago really changed the way people think about fourth downs because they were very aggressive. And I do have to throw in a plug because they worked with Edge Sports, which is the company that owns Football Outsiders, to work on their aggression when they won the Super Bowl. And uh, since then, other teams have sort of taken up the idea. Baltimore has really taken it to another level as far as being aggressive. And so, yeah, aggressiveness around the league is up on fourth downs much more than what it was just three or four years ago. Teams are passing more. It's funny now, anytime a coach makes a controversial decision, mm-hmm. it gets framed as an analytics decision, even though like when Romeo Cornell decided to go for two to try to be up nine yes. against Tennessee last week, a lot of analytics people who did research on that said, that either it showed that he did the wrong thing or more likely that it was it was an either or, right? It was kind of a go-with-your-gut decision. Like, it didn't matter which you did. Uh-huh. Uh, and yet people are blaming it on analytics, even though it's not – analytics didn't tell them to do that. Yeah. I actually had the Texans in that one, and I was fine with it because you win the game if Deshaun Watson can throw a two-point conversion and got batted down, and, you know, that's the end of that. I- I'm curious, and I don't know if you can reveal this, but – how, what was the process like when the Eagles came to Edge Sports and said, we want to get in business with you guys? Were you I- involved in any of that or no? I wasn't because we weren't with Edge Sports yet, uh-huh. but Edge Sports does consulting with NFL teams. Mm. And so they put together you know, examples of, of, of when teams should go for it and show uh, you know, when the, win, the game-winning chance, you know, also known as win probability added, like when that demonstrates that going forward is the right decision. And they try to teach coaches because you can't put together a a book that tells coaches what to do because the coaches can't refer to it during games. They're not allowed to. So what you have to do is teach the basic idea of when going for it is good. And then coaches make the decisions on their own. Well, uh, you say coaches can't, but I, I swear I read a story last year that John Harbaugh had like some astrophysicist or whatever on the sideline telling him, yeah, we got to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, but even then, like the guy who's in his ear, and I don't remember that guy's name, unfortunately, but he can't have like a computer in front of him running models. Oh. Like you're not allowed to have a computer during the game. Like how he just they- has to know basically – you know, during these situations is when we go for it. And this is when I need to tell the coach to go. For huh? It. Interesting. I didn't know you couldn't have a computer punching it up. How would they, how would they, you know, make sure nobody's doing that? I don't know Honor how system? the NFL enforces that. <laughs> I, Bill Belichick, obviously uh, breaking the rules. All right, let's get to week <laughs> seven, Aaron. Uh, not, not just a shot at Belichick as a Jets fan. I'm allowed one per podcast. Um, all right. Uh, you know, Let's start with the COVID situation, okay? So Trent Brown of the Raiders, their left tackle, 
test positive for COVID, and he apparently may have had exposure to the rest of the offensive line. So they're all out of practice Wednesday and Thursday. And now all of a sudden, I guess the NFL said, hey, Sunday Night Football, a little in jeopardy. Uh, Let's move that game to now the afternoon and let's slide in Seahawks Cardinals. I'm just curious, how do you factor in all that stuff when you're looking at the numbers? Oh, it's tough. I mean, look, we're we're running DVOA numbers. That's our main metric for those who don't know. Uh, We run those numbers based on what actually happens in the games. So they're not adjusted at all for uh, what injuries were taking place or what illnesses were taking place or whether Tennessee had time to practice because of COVID or whatever. It's just this is what happened in the game. When we take those numbers and we apply them to try to make picks in our, our FO plus picks against the spread, which is, you know, our premium product at football outsiders. Like I do have to try to account for some of these COVID illnesses Mm -hmm. and lack of practice, but I'm going to be honest. It's, it's just completely subjective. There's no history to go. Like we've never had a season like this before where anything like this has happened. So you have to kind of guess. Yeah like what the effect of not having practices or what the effect of certain injuries uh, and illness uh, player absences. I mean, we were wrong about what the effect of not having practice was when it came to the Tennessee Titans against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I was, I was with you. I had the Buffalo Bills there. I said, wait, Tennessee's practiced twice in 16 days. They're not going to be ready. And it was the opposite. Uh, You know, uh, they were fresh and they destroyed the Bills. But the other one that really got me was Broncos Patriots. Yeah, because the Patriots came out, and you were like, okay, well, it didn't affect the Titans. Yeah. Well, it affected well, it did. It completely affected the Patriots. They looked like they hadn't practiced a week and a half. Yeah, and and that one, I guess, was a little different because Cam Newton was in COVID. Uh, You know, he was out, and and he could not practice at all. But that one rattled me. I I don't know. If anything, what do you read into, uh, you know, the Raiders-Bucks game? And again, it's tough because, I don't know, you know, later today— uh, we could have another guy ruled out. Um, how how can yeah, you handicap or do you stay away? Get, I'm guessing that game's going to get moved off Sunday because the way the reserve list is, those players would have to have uh, would have to have negative tests on Sunday to play Sunday, and therefore they would play without any practice. And it probably would be better to move that game to Monday or Tuesday because otherwise the Raiders don't have eight offensive linemen yeah. to actually field a team. Like you have to have eight active offensive linemen. Um, I mean, I would guess I would move things a little bit towards Tampa Bay, but it's tough to know how much after the example of Tennessee. It's tough to know just how much to move lines based on players uh, missing practice due to COVID. And you're buying uh, Tampa at the top of the market after destroying the Packers and everybody wants that Yeah, they're number one in DVOA. I saw that. In that game, I like Tampa. The, The line currently being three and a half. I like Tampa, but if the COVID thing moves the line a little bit more, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, it makes it difficult. Um, All right, let's go to the game that's now become Sunday Night Football. Uh, Seattle and Arizona. And Seattle's coming off the bye, and Arizona played Monday night. Arizona, of course, looked amazing. So, Aaron, you know, obviously you see all these trends, and I'm calling up one. And I I, got to ask you specifically, like, do you care about trends? Does it factor in? Because this one jumped out at me. So, Teams off a Monday night football game, right? Playing a team that's coming off a bye since 2003, 24-9-1. That's a small sample size. That's what, 34 games. But 
that's pretty significant. Now, I don't know what that says. I don't know who the teams were. When you get a trend like that, does it mean anything to you? Do you just laugh it off next thing? Yeah, I try to look for the trend in the numbers. Like, I try to look in the formula that we use to pick games. I try to look for those trends being significant. And the fact is, usually those trends don't come out as significant. Right, right, right. But I look for them. Is it that the team that's coming off the bye is 24-9-1 or the team the playing team coming against? coming off Monday. Yeah, the team coming off the Monday game. I guess that the thought, and again, I don't know. I'm yeah, The thought would be, oh, they're more fresh. They just played Monday. And the team coming off the bye is, you know, sl- a little slower out of the gate maybe. And they It's fall funny because often the narrative is the other way around. The team coming off the bye had rest, so they should be fresher. So in the last two years, it's 1-7. Uh, the team coming off the bye, just getting off to the slow start. And again, I, I looked at this last week, and there were two teams coming off the bye. The uh, Detroit Lions and the Packers. And te- road teams coming off a bye that are favored, is it's like 70% or something. And the Lions hit easily. And again, it's Lions-Jags. I didn't just pick the game because of that. But then the Packers were the other one, and they got destroyed. So, you know, it just, I don't know. I'm not a trend guy. I'm just putting that out there because a lot of the casual gamblers hear that on TV or podcasts or read it. And if you have a statement on trends, is, is there anything that's easy? Like take it with a grain of salt. It's the 15th thing I look at, or I don't look at them at yeah, all. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I find that those trends tend to involve so few games that when you look at them in terms of the larger trying to project 256 games a year over 10 years, that they end up just being not significant. Statistics. Yeah. So this Arizona Seattle game, I mean, Aaron football outsiders has the Arizona Cardinals as the number two rushing offense in the NFL. We know Seattle's defense stinks. They are decent yeah. against the run, right? Uh, you know, I, I would lean towards Seattle here, but I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts uh, on, on Arizona Seattle. Well, the first thought I have is, from what I can tell, home field advantage still means something this year. Huh. Probably a little bit less than it has in general over the last few years, but I think it still means something. And Arizona is the home team here. They're home dogs, uh, three and a half as far as I know. So, I mean, we love Seattle this year. They're our number one offense, but they are our number 26 defense. Yeah. So we have Seattle fifth overall and Arizona 10th. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much we're overstating the importance of that Dallas game because Arizona shot up our rankings after that game. But I actually kind of like Arizona to cover. Hmm. Now, Arizona shot up the rankings. Uh, Dallas handed them four turnovers. Uh, Gallup had the drop touchdown pass. I mean, Dalton looked totally out of sorts. Um, but their offense, like, Aaron, you watched that game, and I know you got to trust the numbers, but Kyler Murray completed nine passes. You know, yeah, their passing game is very average this year. It's their running game that's fabulous. Kyler Murray in our rushing value stats is triple the rushing value of any other quarterback. Wow. And that includes Lamar Jackson. And that includes Lamar Jackson. And Seattle has actually allowed a very high rating to quarterback running this year, including Cam Newton, but also Ryan Fitzpatrick and Dak Prescott ran them. Huh. That, I mean, like I'm seeing Seattle as the number nine rushing defense. So if they're able to slow Arizona, then Kyler Murray has to win the game through the air. My thought is he hasn't been winning through the air this season, but maybe he can against Seattle. That's why this game has me all twisted. It's probably a stay away, yeah. right? 
Seattle gives up so many receiving yards, 296 per game to opposing wide receivers. That is like 80 yards a game more than any other defense this year. Yeah. And, and they so, have some good so, wide receivers in Arizona. I don't know if you've heard of this DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, here. that guy's pretty good. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm looking at the picks that I, I'm putting in. I already bet the Steelers earlier this week. Now, I don't know how much you watch the line movement, Aaron. But yeah, what did you bet the Steelers at? Because that's changed. I know a lot. I got them favored by two, and now they're a point a dog and a half, a point and a half dogs. I, I don't totally understand why the line moved. I saw Adoree Jackson, um, their best cornerback, is finally healthy. He hasn't played in I, I think since week one. Um, but Adoree Jackson's not moving the line a point or two. Like I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't understand this. I don't know either. I don't. Adoree Jackson is not a three point line move. So I I. <laughs> Very confused as to why that line moved so much. But it's actually like that game is close enough that our picks system picked Tennessee when Pittsburgh was the favorite and now picks Pittsburgh wow. because Tennessee is the favorite. That is funny. What do you make of Pittsburgh? Strip, forget the numbers for a second. Just as as an observer of football, what, what do you make of this uh, Pittsburgh team? They have a really good defense, especially the front. Now we'll see what happens without Devin Bush, the guy who tore his ACL linebacker, but it's like the the edge rushers are really good and the defensive line is really good. And, uh, you know, Cam Hayward and S- Stephen Tewitt, and um, they've been phenomenal up front and their defense. The offense is, you know, a little bit more just mediocre. And I do think that Ben Roethlisberger is, is not quite what he used right. to be, but – He's a lot better than what they had last oh year. Like gosh. they were the worst offense in the league last year, and they're a lot better than that now. Uh, you're big on sample sizes. Anybody who gambles is. Ryan Tannehill now has, I believe, 16 starts in Tennessee under his belt, or maybe it's 15. And he's, this is 16 coming up. Somebody compare. Somebody told me like he's like the Dow Jones index right now. It's very, very high. I mean, it's incredible, but man, it's overpriced. It's going to be coming down. It's going to be crashing. What do you make of this Tannehill thing? Like, I thought he was the guy we saw in Miami for six years, and he was mediocre at best. But some of those years were with Adam Gaze, who we know just ruins it for everyone. What do you make of Tannehill and the Titans? A year of evidence is a lot of evidence. Now, it's not perfect, right? Case Keenum had an incredible year. Yeah. Uh, but even if what Tannehill is doing is in part not because of him, but because of the scheme he's in and the amount of play action that they run, um, he's going to continue being in that scheme. Like, that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point we can safely say that Tannehill is probably close to this good. Like, maybe not quite this good. It may come back to earth a little bit still. But he's probably close to this good in that offensive scheme. And that, that second part is important in this offensive scheme. But they have no defense. That's the problem with Tennessee is their defense has not been good this year. No, so terrible. Um, when you look at this game, one side you have a match of strength against strength with the Tennessee offense and the Pittsburgh defense. But on the other hand, mm. the Pittsburgh offense is kind of average and the Tennessee defense is bad. I mean, it's a So I think thing. Pittsburgh has the advantage because on that other side of the ball that isn't strength against strength, they're the better team. Um, speaking of uh, strength on strength, Cleveland Browns, a team I thought was playoff bound uh, this year. Um, and they've looked pretty good in four wins, but in two losses, Aaron, I mean, Steelers beat them by a million and the Ravens beat them by a million. But in the other games, they look good. How are we, what are we supposed to take away from the Browns at this point who are matched up with the Bengals? They already beat them. 
they ran for like, I don't know, 200 yards against him in the opener uh, or in their first meeting. And now there's no Chubb, but Hunt can still, uh, he can go over buck 50 easily. What do you make of the Browns team? I know some Cleveland fans are like, Baker stinks. I'm over it. He can't, he's not the guy. Any pushback on that? Yeah, Football Outsiders film room this week, we have an analysis of Baker Mayfield missing defensive coverages, like misreading defensive coverages. So um, he's clearly, it's interesting, it's a very rare that a player plays well as a rookie and then drops off. Uh, there's really only three good examples of it. Dak Prescott, who then turns things around. Right. Robert Griffin III, who was injured. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield. Huh. Uh, but he's not playing very well. It's everything around him that's going well, not Baker himself. So um, I think the way that we do analysis is we put every play together. And the two bad games and the good games all get smashed together. And when you put it all together – Cleveland's been a below-average team this year because of those two games where they just got killed. Yeah. Uh, so Cincinnati, they're, they're better than Cincinnati, but they are far behind. They may not be far behind Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the standings, but they are far behind Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the actual play-by-play breakdown of how good they are. Now, how much of that do you think has to do with continuity, right? Pittsburgh and Baltimore have had their coaches forever. Uh, Big Ben's been around forever. I know Lamar, it was his third year for him. Meanwhile, the Browns are going into Baker's third season with a new head coach, a new offense. Uh, obviously, they got a new offensive coordinator. How much does that matter? And again, we're only in October here. Could that turn around by, say, November, December? Um. I don't know whether it turns around in the middle of the year, but I do know when we do our projections before the season starts that all other things being equal, having new system on offense or defense does mean you take a step back. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So uh, not a lot of love for the Browns. Is there a game you love out there this week uh, in week seven? Yeah. One where I think we're going to disagree I really like the New Orleans Saints to cover the seven and a half line against Carolina. Interesting. Why, why are, uh, Saints? The Saints are number seven in our numbers for this year, even though they're only three and two. The underlying performance has been better than the win-loss record. Hmm. And uh, the research that I did this last offseason suggests that even at this point of the year, we should still be using preseason information at about the same level as what we've seen in 2020 so far. And New Orleans had our best preseason projection and Carolina had our worst preseason projection because we thought their defense, we thought their offense would be better and it has been. We thought their defense was going to collapse and it hasn't quite collapsed as much as we expect. But that preseason information is still important to know. So the, the gap between these teams is larger than their 2020 performance would suggest. Now, uh, I know that Michael Thomas now apparently has a hamstring issue, yeah. so he may not be back for this game. But New Orleans has gotten the seventh this year in our numbers, even without Thomas for yeah. most of the season. So I really like New Orleans to cover this game at home. And I don't understand the Saints' defense. They were, a, I don't know if a great unit last year, but really good. This year they gave up 34 to the Raiders, 37 to the Packers, 29 to the Lions, 27 to a rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert. I know there have been some injuries at cornerback, but... Any ideas why the Saints' defense is just not delivering this year? Penalties. Ah. It is so much about penalties. They have like 150 more yards of defensive pass interference than any other defense, Mm. something like that. It's like crazy. Um, We actually have them as a top 10 defense when you adjust for the (laughs) quality of their opponents 
and you look at the play-by-play breakdown, they were put in some bad situations by turnovers, a lot of bad situations by penalties that aren't necessarily predictive. Uh, the DPIs are predictive, but a lot of the other penalties aren't. Um, and so, yeah, we have to say it's a lot better than their record would show and their defense better than people think it is. All right. I, I will. Uh, my last question has to center around my New York Jets. Um, it's it's a tough year, Aaron. 0-6, 0-6 against the spread. The line against Buffalo is 13. It seems like it's coming down now as it looks like Sam Darnold may play. You know, I read the Football Outsiders. The Jets are not the worst team in NFL history. They're probably not even close. But so far, they've been largely unwatchable. Um, do you? I, I know you can't say a team is tanking, but when you watch them and putting Flacco out there and the archaic style of offense that Adam Gaze runs, it all looks like the front office just saying, hey, play football games. We'll see you guys next year. Well, if they were going to do that, they should not bring Darnold back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, if you really want Trevor Lawrence, don't bring Darnold back. Um, I don't think they're tanking on purpose. I think everything has just gone wrong. And as far as being unwatchable, it's um, teams with terrible offenses are usually harder to watch than teams with terrible defenses. So, I mean, it's their offense that's been really bad. But, yeah, what I've been writing about on Twitter is the Jets are not like the worst team ever or close to it. This is what the worst team in the league tends to look like. And they just are the worst team in the league. But based on our numbers, they're about average for what the worst team in the league looks like. Now, they may get worse than that because there's no, you know, there's no analytics for when the team, when everyone just stops caring. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just doesn't listen to the coach anymore and just throws up their hands. But there's also a lot, the the average number of wins. The average number of wins for a team that starts 0-6 is three. Hmm. So I know you look at the Jets' schedule and you're like, there's not any wins on this. <laughs> but based on history, you can expect them to probably win three games. Yeah. Now, I, I remember last year the Dolphins were absolutely terrible. I think they lost. Idiot. They were outscored. Way worse than this. Way worse They were than way this. worse than this. No doubt about it. So, I mean, I, I, I guess my question would be, and this is forward thinking about the Jets, um, you said how much uh, motion uh, is valued and play action. Do you guys have anything on coaches who run more of that and thus they become more attractive as a head coach n- the following year? I don't have it in front of me right now, but yeah, we get numbers on that stuff from Sports Info Solutions who are our stat partners that do, do charting. Mm. And we know that, like, for example, I think Arthur Smith, yeah. who is the offensive coordinator in Tennessee – who's so unknown that I'm not even sure I got his name right. <laughs> no, you did. You did. But no, this time last year, nobody knew who he was. Yeah. He's going to be an attractive head coaching candidate because of he, how he schemed up that offense. Absolutely. And Gase's offense doesn't do any of this stuff. Doesn't do any of this Nothing. stuff that we think is good. But wait, let me ask you, though. When, when Arthur Smith had Marcus Mariota early last year, they couldn't do anything. They were not good. I know. It's the mystery. It's the great mystery is – did Smith make Tannehill or did Tannehill make Smith? Ooh. Now, I hadn't given that much thought. I mean, which way would you lean? I guess you'd have to look at those games with Mariota because I, I never forget. I was on Tennessee in Denver last year. I thought it was a great spot and Denver stinks and Mariota got pulled, I think, in the third quarter. And, and Mariota is another interesting player. Like, he, how, he's not this quite team's terrible. Arthur Smith doesn't know what he's doing. 
Yeah, he's not quite Baker Mayfield because he, he, he had a couple of good years before he fell apart, but Mariota totally fell apart. Like, yeah. he was good at the beginning. He is a backup somewhere in the league. All right, Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. Uh, Aaron, if somebody wants to sign up for Football Outsiders, they just, what, go to the website and, you know, give their info and so forth? Footballoutsiders.com is the website. All the content is there. But FO Plus is the premium product. That has the picks against the spread, the weekly fantasy projections, the database of our DVOA stats that goes back to 1985 with all kinds of splits, how teams are good on third down. We're in the red zone. You'll find all of that as part of FO Plus. Uh, But the articles on Football Outsiders are free. You just need to register if you want to comment in our discussion threads. Awesome. All right, Aaron Schatz, thanks a lot. Enjoy the games this weekend. You too. Hopefully we're going to play them all. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game 
is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Thursday's loss, man, that's, that one stung. If you couldn't tell earlier in the podcast, I was not happy with the results. The Eagles just, ugh. All right, let's put it behind us. That's what you've got to do as a gambler. It's no different than being a cornerback, right? You get roasted on one play, you go right back out there the next down. Can't let it rattle you. You miss a jumper, you go right back down the court. You miss 10 jumpers, you still got to keep firing. All right, three NFL picks. I was thinking four, but guys, this is a tough weekend. Um, you know, I'm in the Circa $1.4 million contest, and I went three and two, and I lost ground a little bit. So I'm still top I think it's top 210 or something like that, 225. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a lot of thought, and we'll see if there's any COVID implications. You have to get your picks in by Saturday, uh, like uh, 11 o'clock Eastern. or I'm sorry, 1 o'clock Eastern, not that you guys care. Anyways, my three NFL picks this weekend. Number one, uh, if you couldn't tell in speaking with Aaron Schatz earlier, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I see I'm getting a point and a half here. Earlier in the week, they were favored. I bet them favored by two. Uh, I I bet them now as underdogs. If I can get two, if I somehow could get three, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I just think the Steelers are the better team. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it in my mind. They are the better team. The only problem, I guess, is if the issue with Bush being out for the season at middle linebacker and they can't suddenly can't stop the run because he's gone. There isn't a lot of depth there. Uh, remember, Shazier had that terrible injury, had to retire. And they really could never replace him. And then they get Bush in the draft last year. They trade up. Um, And he had a great rookie year. And here he is in year number two. And he's playing great. And uh, he goes down for the season. I don't know how they'll replace him. But I do expect a ground and pound effort from the Steelers. I think they cover getting one and a half. Next up, Tampa Bay favored by four. Listen, uh, a road dog is not really something in my wheelhouse. But we've seen the issues with the COVID situation on the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. And if you remember, the Raiders looked pedestrian against the Patriots. They did not look great against the Bills. And they get Trent Brown, the big left tackle back, and booyah, how good did they look in that game against the Chiefs? A lot of time for Derek Carr. Remove Trent Brown from the equation. Is he going to have time to hit Aguilar deep? Is he going to have time to hit Henry Ruggs deep? And I love the linebackers. I think Tampa maybe has the best set of linebackers in the league. Uh, with White and Levante David. Those guys are menacing. I think they can contain Waller. Uh, I don't know that Josh Jacobs is a huge factor here. I just think the Bucks win at the line of scrimmage, and I don't trust the Raiders' defense. So give me the Bucks favor by four. And finally, rounding it out, I, I can't quit this team. I bet on them. I bet against them. I'm obsessed with them. The Cleveland Browns, the line's down to three. It's going against me. It was four. I like the Browns favor by three against the mighty Joe Burrows. Um, I've just got to expect the Browns to win this on the ground. And remember, we saw overs dominating earlier in the year. I think as we settle into October, teams start to get a better idea of what they got. Um, They don't force the issue with the passing. Listen, if you can run on the Bengals, whose front four is decimated, uh, you got to do that. Control the ball, keep it away from Joe Burrow. Yes, I actually said that. And win the game. I don't want to say I don't trust Baker Mayfield, but... (laughs) he's had his moments, ups and downs. So those are my three best bets for the weekend. Um, Tampa Bay favored by four, Pittsburgh getting one and a half, and the Browns three-point favorites. It will be interesting to see if you teased all of those three, if that would hit as well. You teased Tampa up to getting 10. You teased the Steelers to getting uh, seven and a half. 
and you tease the Browns to getting three. Um, eh, that 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 that's enticing. Uh, I don't know. I, listen, I'm my best bet though is each of those straight up. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.